Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read, recommended by people who are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians, Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior, and Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Oh, I got to tell you the story. So yesterday, I'm at this wedding. It was a, it was a, what would you call it? A country wedding? Yes, I would. Like a rustic I would, thing? Call well, it. rustic like, is a good word. Rustic, yes. Yeah. Rustic Because all the guys word. were wearing like button down shirts, only they were royal blue right. and jeans and cowboy boots. And then the bride and her girlies Mm -hmm. were wearing little strappy dresses only they had boots on i've been in yeah three weddings like that (laughs) and we were sitting on they were sitting on we the guests were sitting on hay bales so we're sitting there we're sitting in the very very back because we got there kind of late and my son who's 18 is sitting next to me and two rows up there's this dude humongous dude only his head was shaved but he had the ugliest head I have ever seen. I mean, it looked like, it looked kind of like a Sharpay with pimples. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was very, it was a very unattractive head. So I lean over and I whisper in my son's ear, people with ugly heads should not shave them. Uh-uh. And my son turns around and whispers to me, you should, you shouldn't whisper so loud. <laughs> And I'm thinking, please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. (laughs) I do stuff like that all the time. I don't even think about it and just mouth, you know, mouth off. I didn't mean to be mean. It was just one of those things that Mm -hmm. sometimes the stuff that's in my brain just comes out my mouth. With no filter? No. But I was trying to have the filter because I was whispering. So you tried. Evidently. At least you tried. Evidently, I'm a loud whisperer. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, me, loud. At a at a cowboy rustic wedding with a very large dude with an ugly head. You said that out loud when you're teeny tiny. Yeah. It's a good yeah. thing Dylan was with you. He could defend your honor. I don't think he could have defended my honor <laughs> from that guy. He was massive. I bet if he had a shirt on, he'd have tattoos on his biceps saying... USMC or you know <laughs> something something of that something yes. he would have one area code on one side another area code on the other because his, he's his own area code yeah, yeah he was a big own dude zip code I guess that's zip maybe code that's why it was okay for him to shave his ugly head I don't know <laughs> no, no one's going to tell him he has an ugly head if he's big and scary <laughs> maybe his hair was even uglier than his head have you ever thought about that yeah. I, somehow I just don't find that possible. You, know, you have like the reverse like bowl cut thing where you have hair down here and no hair on top. That could be worse. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'm kind of thinking he might have been Marine Corps. So he's used because to they have that really ugly haircut thing Could going. Be. Is that the reason they call them jarheads? Because they it have might that. Because they have that weird like little circle of hair around the top of their head and nothing else. 
That actually reminds me of, do you, have you guys ever watched How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Okay. Remember the bouncer dude at the bar that they were always at? When he very first came on, he had that toupee, but it like didn't fit his head. So it was just like this hair right here. And they were always making fun of his toupee. (laughs) And then finally he took it off and he actually looked better. He didn't look like such a dork. Yeah. And he didn't really have the greatest head in the world, but it was better than that Well, I'm kind of thinking that guy just really needed some hair because you know how, you know how it kind of looked like his brain was on the outside, you know, it was like wrinkly, (laughs) his whole head. I I haven't seen very many people with a head like that, but the wrinkly head thing needs some hair up in there. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he suffered from big head syndrome at one point and it shrunk down to normal size and that's just extra skin. So somebody insulted him and his head went... Well, exactly. You know, he thought (laughs) he was hot shit, but really he figured out he was cold turds and it said... I am really not this mean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not this mean. (laughs) Not mean, you're honest. But unfortunately, not everyone sees honesty as the best policy. No. Harsh but honest. Yes, harsh best movie. Oh, by the way, we have a new member here with us today. Mm-hmm. Nicole is out this week, and in her place, Jessica. Good, good morning. Good afternoon. Good, afternoon. good evening. Okay, good night. Good As we don't really know what time it is when everyone else is listening, <laughs> and I believe it's afternoon now, but that's just an automatic response, I guess. It's three. Because you know, we usually still. record on Friday nights, but this week we did not because. Why did we not? Uh, I don't remember. Everybody had something going on. Yeah. I was super sick. So, yeah. I know. Oh, that's why we didn't do it, because yeah. you were sick. That's you were right. sick. And okay. Nicole. She's is, over here hacking up a lung. <laughs> Nicole's grandma's right. been sick. Yes. So that's why she's not on this. Yeah. Week. She's, she's had to um, go to the hospital way more than a person would normally have to go, which right. really sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. Here we are with Jessica. Jessica, yeah. what's your? do you want your last name in it? Uh, yeah. My last name is Butcher. Well, that's easy. Yeah. Remember the story I was telling you about the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. When we were talking about the spelling thing. I yes. That's the Jessica that I was spell talking my about. last name, and I'm like, it's really generic, guys. It's butcher. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's friends with the baker and the candlestick maker. That See, guy. that's pretty awesome. I've never heard <laughs> something quite like that before. You know, books are something universal, and Vonnie recently started her new job, and, of course, immediately started spreading the word of books at work. And as a result, started having conversations with Jessica about books. And we're always looking for people to come in so that we can have more new blood and more people who can share really awesome books with us. Right. So we how, love book people. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll give you a little break and not make you go first. That's a good idea. We'll sandwich you in the metal, <laughs> if that's okay. <laughs> Do you want to go first? I or? can go first if you'd like. All right. I went to one of my old favorites. Um, I found the other day when we were walking Your around. Your old favorite books? One, if you will wait a minute, oh, you, I will get to it. Don't right. rush me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> she says whispering loudly. <laughs> When we were walking around Half Price Books last week, um, I came across a new Ken Follick book that uh, I had Ken not Follett. had not read. And everyone, I've talked before about what a Ken Follett fan I am, huge. which I just have to add that my mom is now a huge Ken Follick fan. I gave her one of his books to read, and she has downloaded and read 
everything else we have in the library that he has written. And you know, it's funny. Your mom used to be a bit like you where she had those certain genres that she would stick to all the time, and she never wavered from those. Right. She wouldn't read historical fiction. Right, and then as a result of your conversion and your widening... Mm -hmm. And more of just my hips. (laughs) (laughs) Widening of your comfort zone. Not your zip code. As you were saying earlier. (laughs) Except on my biceps, I got one on either side of my hips. (laughs) (laughs) So your mom is now having a widening of her comfort zone and has branched out at and she's older than we are so it's never too late no and she's actually i um, when we went to the library or the friends of the library sale i found a girl on the train book Mm -hmm. our hardback book yeah and she's gonna read that well i hope it doesn't turn her off forever well i kind of told her that that it's a little depressing (laughs) but it's it's about an alcoholic that first five six seven chapters really were a bitch I started it and I couldn't get through it. See? 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 I'm not the only one. Thank you, Jessica. You just went up 10 points in my estimation. 10 points to Gryffindor. Yes. And again, she does it. A Harry Potter reference. Oh, my God. Welcome to our little geek club. I told you she was the right kind of nerd for us. Oh, you're so good. And she's a ginger, too. So that also, you know, that gives her another. Boost her back up. Yep. Yep. Not that I ever Listen, had any doubt in you, I am Bonnie. still your best friend. I know. Don't be taking my friend away. <laughs> she's a particularly jealous wench. <laughs> if we were lesbians, she'd be punching people when we walked down the street. I might. She gets really jealous over Stacy at work. So I mean, yeah, I do. She, that's just who she <laughs> is. She's my Stacy. She's unapologetic about it too. I kind of am. I'm kind of like, you better back on up. That's my bitch. <laughs> She'd be the one to wear the chain on her wallet. Now, nothing. Now, let's not get angry. People, let's not have the lesbians getting angry at us for these comments. That is, at- we're only doing it in fun, and we have lots of friends who happen to be lesbians, including Kelly, right? Who's one of one our of best our, friends, right? Who's one of our favorite guests? Yeah. So there you go. Sorry. (laughs) We've got to stop this. (laughs) What was that about harsh truth thing we were talking about earlier? (laughs) Yeah. We're all about those harsh truths. (laughs) I I think we live for them. (laughs) Anyways, back to my book, Uh, Ken Follick. This one is actually a nonfiction book, which I usually don't read nonfiction books, but it's Ken Follick, and I liked the premise of the book, so I went ahead and read it. And it's called um, On the Wings of Eagles, and it is set in 1978 in Iran. That's Iran. Iran. Thank you. Okay. You can say Iran. We're in Oklahoma. <laughs> it's oh, I say, it Iran. What was that? What country rustic? <laughs> <laughs> That's country rustic for Iran. <laughs> and uh, what it is, it's. Um, about a company called EDS, which is founded by Ross Perot, which Ross Perot ran for presidency a while back. He's like he's like the the first he's like Donald Trump 1.0. 
Right. What what would have happened, you know, if Ross Perot had become president, I often wonder because, you know, he was the outsider that everybody was like, oh, yeah, let's get an outsider in there who's really a good businessman and blah, blah, blah. And they tried that and they were like, whoa, that's too much. And it didn't happen with Donald right, Trump. Right. Which I think we, we we promised to stay away from politics. So. After reading this book and because I, I didn't know a lot about Ross Perot before. I'm thinking that it's a huge insult to um, compare the two because I oh. think they're completely different business. Well, I'm sure they are. But what I'm saying, he was, he was the first styles. really serious. I mean, he got quite far. He did. Yeah, he got quite far, but he ran as an independent, I think. Right. And he, he got 18% of the vote. Which is amazing considering he's an independent and usually they don't even they don't even make it yeah yeah he did really to get any yeah he did really well i didn't mean to like compare them directly but it, there is definitely a parallel there, uh, there's parallel a comparison there. yeah. yeah there's a comparison but and what it is is eds is a database corporation that the iranian government hires to set up a social security system for their oh. country. So they fly all of these all of these Americans come go to Iran to set up the system. We're talking like 220 employees. I mean, it's a huge amount of people and the government quits paying them. And Which so government? Their government? The, Iran. The Iranian oh. government quits paying them. And so they quit working on it because if you're not going to pay me, why would I work on it? Exactly. Well, then the whole Iranian government starts to crumble and there's all kinds of protests and rebels and violence in the street and people are blowing up cars and it's just, it starts to really go downhill fast. So they put a plan in place to evacuate the Americans that are over there because it's just contract work. I mean, they're over there on visas. And if they're not getting paid, then what's the freaking point? Right. So they you can't like strong arm Americans into working if you don't give them a paycheck. <laughs> right. Which actually is a huge ordeal to get all of these people out of the country because with the government going into disarray, um, they end up having to go to the airport and like call in favors and then the family still the families still have to wait 31 hours with no food or water to get on the plane to come back to America to wonder if they're ever really going to get out yeah right that's because a creepy and it's it seems like they tell you one thing but mm-hmm. that could or couldn't be what happens I mean it's still a it's, maybe because it's just it's total mess. I would right. think that those people would like never leave the U.S. again. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't. I know. So they leave a skeleton crew over to. Now, what still year was that again? 1978. Okay. All right. Okay. It starts in ni- December of 1978 is when they evacuate everybody. So they have a small skeleton crew over there. Well, then Iran, the Iranian government, starts calling and wanting their passports. They want to confiscate their passports so no no more Americans can leave. Can leave? Right. So how many people actually got out before they started that shit? Most everybody. There isn't very many people over there by then. But two of the very the top executives who are working on this program are still over there, um, Paul and Bill. And there's another uh, big wig over there, but he leaves. Like They start calling for the passports, and they kind of hem and haw and give themselves a little more time and then one of them leaves he gets out of there 
And then Paul and Bill are supposed to go to an interview with them. It's the Ministry of something. I can't remember what it's called. The Ministry of Magic? <laughs> no. Sorry. Yeah. And um, Ministry of Passports. Ministry of... It's something to do with the with the government. Ministry of something. Anyways. So they're supposed to go to this interview. And by this time, the Iranian government has their passports. So they can't leave anyways, even if they wanted to. And they go to the American embassy. And the American embassy tells them that it's just, you know, a formal thing. Just go to the interview. They'll give you back your passports and you can leave. You don't really even need a lawyer to go with you. So they go to these interviews and it is not just a formal thing. And they end up going to Iranian prison from these interviews without even being charged with a crime. And they set the bail for them at like... 12 million American dollars and like 33 million Iranian, whatever they're called, Iranian money, currency. I don't know what Iranian money is. So it's a huge amount of money because they don't want them leaving. They know that the corporation they work for is wealthy. wealthy. And um, then it becomes all about them trying to get their executives out of jail and Jeez, can you imagine being in a foreign country and they're like oh we've decided that you a can't leave and b you're going to jail and they <laughs> and they won't even tell them what they're charged with they don't even know what they did wrong i mean it's just it's hard for us to grasp that because right. we've grown up in a country where that stuff doesn't happen or if it does happen they do a pretty good job of keeping it quiet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Ross Perot, even though he's the founder, I mean, he's the owner of this company, he's very involved with them trying to get out of prison. And he actually calls some of his buddies that he he know had, had gone to Vietnam and had training, combat training, and he creates a rescue te- team to try to go over and break him out of prison. Wow. And while all of this is going on, I mean, the government is still crumbling. There's more and more protesters and, and you know, chaos in the streets and violence and, and fire. They're just, you know, catch, starting fires and storming armories so that they can get guns to shoot the soldiers. And there's absolutely hmm, this no sounds familiar. What structure. country would that be right about now? <laughs> but anyway, so, and that's what it becomes about. And I mean, it's nonfiction, so I know how it ends. I know that they do, I don't know. That might be a spoiler. Stop spoiling. <sighs> so this is the one you were telling us about work the, at work the other day, and you're like, if you watched the news back in 1978. Well, I mean, <laughs> she's like, I wasn't even born in 1978. <laughs> Jessica wasn't even alive then, but <laughs> no, hopefully she watched the news. Stacy was giving me a hard time about that. I'm like, I just mean that it's recorded history. You could look back and know what happened to it. <laughs> you have a computer. Look it up. <laughs> right? Google it, man. <laughs> Anyways, it's even though it's nonfiction, it's extremely intricate and very packed full of action. It, it could like be it. an action film. It actually might have been a film. Uh, I don't know for be. sure. You should look that up <laughs> on, oh, I don't know, Google. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and see. Okay, to give us title and artist of the On the Wings of Eagles by Ken Follett. Thank you for saying that correctly, because you know, I'm over here follic, 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 follet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to change letters. My gosh, you know this about me. I know. I'm just teasing you because I can. But I know you're going to correct me, so that's okay, too. I picked up The Pillars of Earth on one of my last trips to Half Price Books, and I can't wait to read it. But it's so big. I'm like, that's a big read. I don't know if I I think that was your first, wasn't it? It was. It was my first. That was Vonnie's first foray into Ken Follett. Mm-hmm. My cousin's like a big Ken Follett fan, so she told me about that one and told me really? to pick it up. Really? Yep. Um, that one has a lot of it has a lot of violence i mean they were not nice to women in the middle ages so just be prepared for that when you when you start reading it but so it's going to be like a thousand splendid suns okay yes yes it's it's a little rapey in which parts. i did not it's a little rapey <laughs> that's what jessica told me one time i was just repeating <laughs> a thousand splendid suns is written by the same guy who wrote the kite runner yeah we um I actually tried to read that one, and I tried to read The Kite Runner, too, and I had to quit because it was just too depressing. They were very sad. Yeah. I don't like depressing I will books. say A Thousand Splendid Sons does have a happy ending, which is surprising. <laughs> but Well, it sounds like you've got, you've got the right uh, thing going on here to where you fall right into the same category that we do, which Bonnie did a good job picking you out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, Jessica, do you want to tell us what you chose to discuss today? It was really hard to pick. I've been on like a huge Kurt Vonnegut kick lately, so I really wanted to go with him. But I think I'm going to talk about uh, The Alchemist, because it's one of my favorite books of all time, like changed my life kind of book. Ah, um, the, the, the uh, transformational novel. Yes. Those are always good to talk about. Okay, so who wrote The Alchemist? Paolo Coelho. I and I love that she you. knows it without having to look it up. I'm over here on Google saying, um, <laughs> how many times have we, how many books have we read in the last year? How many books have I read in the last year? I think Jessica's right there up there with us. Is she? She's pretty an avid How reader. many books do you read a week, Jessica? A week? Uh, I probably read like one every two weeks or so. Okay. But she's not quite on par with yeah. us, but pretty close. Well, <laughs> nobody's on par with you, Martha. One every other week is about normal for <laughs> normal people. people. Are you saying I'm not normal? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean normal. to hijack your... Um, <laughs> I do that a lot. You're it's just going to okay. have to... Yeah. We, we have Nerf guns. We forgot the Nerf guns. Damn it. <laughs> and we, so we can just, you know, remind her. Like if it looks like I'm hijacking, just go like this. Just go like this. <laughs> yeah. That was a finger gun for those of you in radio land out there. Podcasting land. Okay, Jessica, tell us about The Alchemist. It's about a shepherd who's really, really good at being a shepherd. Like, he's great and he loves his life and things like that. But he starts having this recurring dream about finding treasure in the pyramids in Egypt. Really? Just this recurring dream over and over. And eventually he runs into this king who tells him, he gives him like two stones and he's like, these are omens and they'll tell you where to go. And he tells him all about his personal legend and how you're supposed to follow this personal legend and when you're following your personal legend the entire universe conspires to help you find it so when you take a step the Uh, wrong way it tells you and helps you get back to where you're supposed to be so you take the rock in your right hand which is telling (laughs) you to go the wrong way and hit yourself with (laughs) something like that is it life that tells you that you you made a wrong turn or like that's cool well he so he decides he's going to sell all his sheep and he crosses the sea and goes into Egypt and the very first thing that happens to him because he's got these 
plans like he's going to do this this and this and that's right. how he's going to get to where he needs to be and the very first thing that happens to him is he gets robbed gets all of his money taken <gasps> and oh, then no. so he has guy. to work so he decides he's going to work in a crystal shop and he like meets these people that he really really likes and he learns all these new trades while he's trying to earn money back and go and so then he goes and then they're traveling across the desert and they get stopped by these this war that holds them in the same place and it's like a life or death situation for him. He's got to read these omens to see what's going to happen in the next few days for them to let him go. And he does that and they make him like almost a king in this village. And oh. so at that point, he's like, I could stop here and be happy. He's found a girl he really likes and he falls in love, but he knows that his personal legend is to go find this treasure. And so the universe is pushing him to leave, even though he's happy with what he's got. It's not what he's destined to do. And so he ends up leaving and going and trying to find this treasure and the universe is like helping him find it and it brings him back and it takes on this really good journey. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, you think your life's going one direction and then all of a sudden something changes and then you get this whole new perspective. And I just love that about that book. It's great. Actually, that book was on one of the lists, as we like the to call list. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we we often come across lists from places like Book Riot or Bookster or um, there's another one. What's it called? Book Riot. Did I say Book Riot already? Book Riot. There are two or three of them anyway that I'm subscribed to on Facebook and they're sharing these lists all the time. Right. You know, lists of the greatest books of, you know, last week and the greatest books of the last century and the greatest books that you never knew you could. You just posted something about The great horror horror novels novels ones Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to get ready for, you know, the future. (laughs) Like, like Zombieland. Yeah, we <laughs> in October we did zombies, vampires, and yeah, we tried to do monster yeah. themed books. So we did that all in October. Um, I wish I could have been here. I'd read the picture of Dorian Gray around October time. It's did one you of my really? Favorites. That's perfect. That would have <laughs> yeah. fit right in. Mm-hmm. So yes. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Book lists. The list. You, the alchemist uh, was on the yes, list. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. The alchemist was on one of the lists. And I actually was going to read it. And then I was looking at it going, I don't know. Because I do tend to not like things that have too much of a meaning to them. Because right. I'm not in the mood for it. But this yeah, one you, actually sounds kind of good. Those ones she usually says, you know, I looked at this book. It looks kind of interesting. But it's too depressing. Vani, you read it. <laughs> Funny, it's actually really happy. <laughs> this one has so too much true. of a <laughs> too much of a message, too much of a meaning. I need <laughs> something fluffier. Makes you reevaluate too... <laughs> your life, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, if I had to reevaluate my re- re- reevaluate my life, I would stop watching Netflix. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Orange is the New Black just came out, and Bonnie and I have both been sitting on the couch doing nothing but watching Netflix. Uh-huh. Right. I couldn't get past one of the seasons. I think it was like season four. I just was like, okay, that got weird. And season four was a tough one. Yeah. It was. It was yeah, tough. we were just discussing season four in the car on the way here. Like sell like under used underwear or something like that online. Oh, like, oh yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> this yeah. is yes. too much of a turn for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. There have been some, you know, but women's prison does strange things to people. And that's just a very good example of just one <laughs> of the things, you know, selling panties to panty sniffers from a woman's prison. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, I guess disgusting. it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, uh, on the lists. And uh, so if you had to give it a score. 
if I had to give it a score, out of I'd, five, I'd probably give it a five. It's one of my favorite books. Just well, and it might be because it was like at a time in my life where I was like going through a lot of stuff, and it was like, okay, this is like a God thing or like a universe thing telling me to go a different way. And so I think that might be why I love it so much. Oh. But it kind really of brings like up it. the question and whether we're destined for something in our lives or if we're just floating around randomly yeah. in the universe. Well, it could be a little of both. I like Could to be. think that I choose my own destiny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my destiny has a lot to do with the next episode on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're still watching? Yes! <laughs> I'm yes, still I am. watching! I hate it when that thing comes on that, <laughs> and I don't know what I've done with remote because I've been watching from Netflix for like, like four it, hours. It's like it's like shaming you. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm at home. <laughs> I wish I, I wish the books would do that, you know, because I, I listen to audiobooks and I do that constantly. When I'm not watching Netflix, I am listening to a book, which is why I read so much. But um, I wish there was a thing that said, are you sure you're still listening? Are you sure you don't have something else you should be doing? <laughs> what was it the other day that you told me you fell asleep reading one of your books and then you were having to find where you left off? Yeah, that actually does happen sometimes because <laughs> there are instances where the book I'm listening to is just not very interesting. And I'll tell you which book it was in just a moment. Let's give the, you notice how I'm trying to get back to Jessica. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's, let's do a, uh, before we change subjects completely, a title and artist of your book again. It's called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. And I think that a lot of people need to put that on their list because it sounds like if you need direction in your life or you feel like maybe... You need to look at things differently. Yeah, it's a really good like yeah. change of perspective book, and cool. I really liked it. Right. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the book I fell asleep during, <laughs> because <laughs> this is just a really good example of um, how you how you read a book that everyone loves, and you don't really like it very much, and it takes you forever to finally get into it. But it has a really great ending, so you know you're justified in finally reading it so then when the sequel or not sequel but when this person's next book comes out you pick it up with great belief that this time it's going to be better (laughs) (laughs) so i stood in line for freaking ever for paula hawkins's new book into the water and I promptly fell asleep during it like 50,000 freaking times (laughs) did i finish it I think so. <laughs> Not one memorable enough to know. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong on this. I, I'm sure every, it will be touted as one of the best books ever or some crap like that. But frankly, Paula Hawkins, we're not on the same page, girl. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> Isn't that supposed to be, it's, it's like not a, you, it's me? No. It's it, I bad, did it backwards on purpose. It's like a breakup text. Yeah. I'm breaking, right? I'm breaking up with Paula Hawkins. So I'm done with her. She's her, dead to me. It's her dear John letter. Yeah. So let's get to something a little bit more fun. So I put Paula Hawkins down after waiting for freaking ever for that book, by the way. I got on the list before it even came out and I still had to wait forever. (laughs) All right. So the book that I am going to talk about was really fun. It was a really fun read and it was the sort of thing that I'm wondering if if I had read the physical copy of the book, if it had been as good. You know what I mean? Because it was an audiobook, but the dude that read it was 
epic. <laughs> he was so good. And what makes it even better is he was the author. Oh, that does make it, that better. Makes it better. Usually, if it's the author that reads the book... They're not very talented at doing voices and, you know, making it a really compelling story. At least I have not read a lot of authors that have that ability. Mm -hmm. This guy was the best. His name is Christopher Buhlman, and it was actually a vampire novel. Vampire novel. Wow. You know, it's kind of out of season. Well, vampire. you're usually not a big vampire novel reader. Well, are you? I mean, I've I've read most of the good ones. Well, I mean. And Rice, obviously, yeah. but and and Christopher Farnsworth and and Stephen King's Salem's Lot. I've read a lot of yeah, vampire I guess that's true. Okay, books, sorry. and I do like horror. Horror was one of my first loves, as a matter of fact, from when I was a teenager. So I thought, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to have myself a vampire novel in the middle of the summer, sort of like a beach read, a fun back in time kind of like thing. Right. So this. It was kind of cheesy in a way because the 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 uh, beginning line on the cover or whatever you want to call it the description is the secret is vampires are real and I am one the secret is I'm stealing from you what is most truly yours and I'm sorry so yeah so the interesting <laughs> thing about this I know it's cheesier than hell. <laughs> But the thing that I liked the most about this story is the character of the vampire that is the main character was so compelling. Hmm. He was truly an interesting individual. And like I said, I don't know whether it was because of the fact that this guy was such a great storyteller in his voice or whether it was actually well written. I have no idea. I just know that I enjoyed it so very much. I would say it's probably because it's well written because even if it's a good voice, if it's not writ well written, then you would notice. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I mean, we are talking about the grammar Nazi of Oklahoma. That's true. Would I notice. am. I would notice. So it takes place in 1978 in New York City. And uh, the guy's name, the main character's name is Joe Peacock. And he is a young man. I think he was turned when he was like 11, like really young. Oh, wow. Like he could be either a he's little like kid a kid or a man. He could, he's kind of on the cusp. So He'd be, he's like go either way. 11 for so he, he tends to, when he, when he goes looking for victims, he wears soccer gear so that Ooh. he can, you know... So it's more trusting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because he's it's a kid. Can you yeah. help me? I lost my soccer ball or whatever, you know. It's really kind of freaky. But the cool <laughs> thing. Freaky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never but helping It kind of makes me <laughs> rethink my whole, you know, thing I used to tell my son. Go find a mama. You know, if you're hurt or something bad happens, go find a mama because they'll always take care of you, which is cool. But, but that's my instinct is to help. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to think twice about little kids and them soccer shin guards from now on after reading this book, I tell you what. I know. But the cool thing about this type of vampire is the way he was taught, you don't kill them. They, they calls it, you're not allowed to peel them. Peel means peel, kill? Peel means kill. Does he actually like... No, no, no. Them. Just, they just call it that, that for some yeah, reason. That would be a little gruesome. So what, what he does, though, is he like just takes a pint or two but his saliva like helps cover over the heal yeah heal the wounds yeah the saliva 
heals the wound. So it's like nothing ever happened. And they're very charming. So they can charm you into believing that everything's fine. And to being a human baby bottle. Holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, there's other um, vampire novels that I've read and can't remember if it was the Anne Rice one or what that the charming they, have, they all do that. Well, no, mm-hmm. that they have a human that they drink off of. Well, yeah, they but do. only so much, and they wait for him to recover. Well, yeah, and they then do. They but this was again. a little bit more gentle, I think, in a way. It wasn't as it wasn't as you know, keep them chained in the basement, come home and have a snack type of stuff. <laughs> you know, like it was with Anne Rice. This is more like. Um, knock on the door, ask to use the phone, have a pint, you know, heal it up and leave. Hmm. And it's fine. Yeah. And then the person doesn't ever really know what's going on and never really misses a pint. They just feel a little tired. Right. Feel like they need it. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm tired all the time. God damn it. Maybe. I mean. (laughs) vampire in the neighborhood again. You know, soccer, a soccer uniform would fit right in there. I'm a soccer mom. Maybe that's what this is all about. You are a soccer mom. (sighs) You're more of a soccer mom than I'm a soccer mom because your son played a lot longer than my son. Yes, he did. But anyway, so it was a very enjoyable novel and it did have some seriously creepier than shit moments because the bad guys in this novel are children. Oof. Like, yeah, really horrible, horrible children. But they like him because he could go either way. So they like want him to be in the club. But I'm telling you, it was creepy. Now, I didn't I didn't really like the way it ended. It kind of pissed me off at the ending. But mm. not enough to not recommend it. I thought it was one. thoroughly enjoyable. I really had an awesome time and it wasn't hugely long either. You know, I felt like I felt so entertained the whole time I was reading it. And I'm like, yeah. So I have no idea what the ratings are. I don't usually look at that. I usually just pick something from the library, read it and give a review and to hell with everybody else. And that's pretty much what I'm doing with this one. I would say a four. Just because the ending wasn't what you wanted. Yeah. 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 I'm usually generous with my ratings. Yeah. But I feel like I would be too. Yeah. I would yeah. say I would say it was very I enjoyed it. And I especially enjoyed the audio because Christopher Buhlman has a radio talent. I mean, this guy does. He can change accents on a dime. He's Hmm. very believable. And he's a very engaging storyteller. I was impressed. Takes a lot to impress me on that. It was very good. So, Christopher Buhlman, the name of the uh, book was The Lesser Dead. The Lesser Dead. Dead. Yeah. I guess I need to get into audiobooks. I've never really been big into audiobooks. I'm like a 21 year old with an old soul. I like feeling the paper kind of thing. I don't use Kindles. So does Nicole. That's funny how that works. Nicole does too. Mm -hmm. But I've listened to an audiobook on the way back from Colorado like a a week ago. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because you got to hear the guy do the female voices. And it was hilarious. (laughs) You have to suspend your disbelief a lot. It's so funny. Usually with the narrators. Right. Because they're. The majority of them are guys mm-hmm. telling them the story. And there is oh, yeah. sometimes that, you know, the like Nicole has read the same book that I've tried to listen to on audio, mm-hmm. and she's liked it a lot better than I have because of the way the audio was. Yeah. Right? If I the mean, narrator's bad, it makes it impossible. Or to get if it's it. written mm-hmm. in a particular style. 
Sometimes if it's written from the point of view of someone that has a speech impediment or whatever, like a little kid, yeah, then then you'll have that affectation being actually written into the novel with the words. And then when you try to say it, It if you've got an adult male narrator doing a little little kid kid. who has a speech impediment, you know, it just doesn't come out. I just don't think that's doable. It's not doable. Those books, you, you actually need the hard, yeah. you know, Copy. the regular book. I tried to read The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, which is about an autistic uh, boy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't listen to it. I had to physically read it. Right. Because the, to... the style was very off-putting. could totally understand that because you're like trying to hear it in your own way. And then it's, exactly. it's so much Sometimes the like... voice needs to be your own. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have a really good relationship with audiobooks most of the time that's what I want but there are definitely times when I'm like oh right maybe the reason I hate this is because I hate the audio Mm -hmm. which is why I tried three different ways to read the girl on the train I know (laughs) I keep dissing poor Paula Hawkins but god I was never my see I liked it I read it I read it all the way through the first time and I loved it I don't know. Maybe I was like, because I get on a really big kick for like one author for a long period of time. And I think I just, I'd gone from Jane Austen to Kurt Vonnegut, which is a really big, weird jump there, but it mm-hmm. worked. And then I tried to read her book and then I was just like, no, no I don't think I it's can't. just you because it wasn't just me. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. No. I, I think that there's definitely a faction of people that are out there. But you know, sometimes I like the depressing. I don't know why I like the depressing books a little bit more, like Kite Runner and the one that I reviewed last week. Maybe it's because you're... The Light Between the Oceans. I mean, that was a huge downer of a book. The Kite Runner was super depressing, but I loved it too. I couldn't couldn't keep Mm -hmm. going on the Kite Runner. I got about, I don't know, maybe a few chapters in. It's really rapey. I couldn't... (laughs) Yes, it's really rapey. That's about the time I quit reading it. Mm -hmm. Was it when they got to that section in in the book where But the Kite Runner is the one I was talking about when I said, you know, I didn't like this, but Bonnie, you might. (laughs) And I was right, wasn't I? Yeah, and I loved it. So that was one of the ones that I was doing on CDs in my car, Mm -hmm. and I would pull into my parking space, you know, mm-hmm. and I would sit in my car for an extra 15 minutes so that I could finish the chapter <laughs> yeah. that was reading on the... <laughs> we actually <laughs> had to read it for AP class at Did Jones. You? Oh. It's one of those things we had to read for class, and I was super into it, and some of the people in my class loved it like I did, and some people were like, why are you making us read this? Yeah. <laughs> it's traumatizing, yeah. but... But it it's good. another culture. You're learning about another See, culture. See, most of the time I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And but that's their culture. I know I it mean, is, but it I was just, a true. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was like. I what? mean, it's a fiction book, but it's it's true to the way that they really yeah, are over I there. Know, I know. I just couldn't. It's it just hard just, to wrap your mind around the fact that people are really that evil sometimes. Right. It is. Well, and that evil is acceptable in certain circles. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it makes it even worse. Really, kind of is sadly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Full body shiver right there. <laughs> no, I will not be reviewing the Kite Runner anytime soon. Well, I already reviewed the Kite Runner, so, so there you're, you're safe That's there. why we do this in threes or fours, <laughs> because we don't have to read shit we don't like. Mm-hmm. This is true. And everyone's allowed to have a different type of book. And I everybody's mean, allowed to have a different opinion about that There's book. some, like, who's that one chick that I can't stand that you absolutely love? Oh, Louise Penny. 
I don't like yeah. I, you love her. I, I don't do. like I her. love but that there's another style. one, the one that God, you hate Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett, that's the one I'm thinking. <laughs> Terry Pratchett is uh I tried to read a couple of her novels and him. I just I couldn't him. His, Sorry. That's okay. I couldn't do it. Not that she, I'm not saying Don't that, speak ill of the dead. He's dead, you know. I'm not saying that he's a bad writer. But you don't like that style. But I don't like that style. That's a very specific that's style. Not, and right. I even tried to read something that the subject matter would be something that I would like, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. It's very punny and very, uh, it's a fantasy Okay. Novels, so she doesn't really fall into that loving of fantasy novels as much as I do. So I run the gambit on everything. It's really weird because we talked about like all different things that work the other day. Like I run, I read a little bit of everything. One thing I really can't get into, my mom and I have discussions about this because she loves Nora Roberts. That's like oh, her thing. You're going to do just <laughs> fine right here, girl. And I'm like, Mom, I'm sorry. I really want to be able to relate to what you're reading, but I can't do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, that's where we fall short mm-hmm. in this podcast. Mm-hmm. We do not like um, by and large we do not like romance novels right mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong if you like romance no, it's novels just that because you're reading and that's the important that's right. thing and we and mm-hmm. my, my friend vicky who i went to high school with i think i talked about her last week too mm-hmm. man that's all she likes to read but she's getting better and she's decided that once one per month she's going to read something different mm-hmm. and so she's she's stretching her comfort zone out she's joined us in the in the podcasting world too listening That's to podcasts good. go Vic yeah. well you know there are some like the one that I read last week is is a little bit of a romance but it's not a mushy gushy not like a straight like it's Nicholas not a bodice Spark ripper dramatic. That's what my mother used to call them Right. Bodice, bodice rippers, <laughs> yeah. Right. And my mother—that's the only thing she read. Fantasy novels. She liked fantasy novels too, but but mostly it was bodice rippers. She'd get through five of those a week. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's all she would read. Yeah. She just loved it. I and can read anything else. Like I can read like Louis L'Amour. I can read like I can read westerns. I can read anything. Just not that. It just doesn't do it for me. Like yeah. I get about halfway through and I get bored. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty much all the well. And that sounds terrible to say that. I don't want to be an anti-Romite over here. <laughs> well, we uh, we know that you are the Tin Man, so it's okay. I am the Tin Man. The tin Man I have no heart. The Wizard. Yeah. I mean, if that's after the Wizard, you better go back for a refund because... <laughs> <laughs> She's a cold-hearted snake. Harsh. <laughs> so who's the Scarecrow and the Lion in the group? <laughs> Uh, sure. Let's see, uh, scarecrow. <laughs> we don't really have a scarecrow. I was in this gonna group. say that's gonna be no brain, and we read so. Yeah, I mean, so that really doesn't fall into the. It would have to be the scarecrow after the wizard, because okay. we're all smart, right? Yeah, and you don't like the Wizard of Oz, right? No, I like the Wizard of Oz. Who doesn't like the Wizard of Oz? We were talking about Stacy. Stacy doesn't like the Wizard of Oz. Talking about it. I know that's weird. She just can't stand the Wizard of Oz. Really? We were talking about different books, and we started talking about Wicked. Wicked, and that's when Wizard of Oz compared to Wicked. Yeah. Because you know, I loved Wicked. Oh, I loved Wicked too. And Son of a Witch. Had it on my list. Lion Among Men. Yep. And I think that's all that that one. Those ones that I've read. Talked about everything we need to talk about for this time, right? That and a few more things, I think. Like always. (laughs) Yeah. If you have an ugly head, don't shave it. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that back around, Jessica. (laughs) Rules for the day. We've given good fashion advice to men everywhere with ugly heads. Thank you. (laughs) And women, don't let your husband shave his head if it's ugly. 
man. Do him a, do him a solid. Make sure that head is solid before you let him shit. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> that suck though? You didn't know you had an ugly head until you shaved. And then you're like, damn it, now I gotta wait for it to grow back. <laughs> maybe that was the issue. Maybe his, well, he's so big, maybe his wife is a skirt to tell him. <laughs> hey, maybe. Honey. Everyone's a skirt. Ah, that's not that a good look for you. great. <laughs> Except for little bitty Martha that's like, that looks like shit. <laughs> I would not survive in a Middle Eastern country. <laughs> She's way too loose with the lips. I'd be dead. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap this thing up and we'll have Jessica back again as often as she'll come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for Three, Three Book, Book Girls. Girls. Perfect. <laughs>